Oh, right, my twin I forgot about. <laughs> hey, Henry, how are you? And Henry's, like, chained to the wall, and he's like, ah! <laughs> but then he also sleeps in a twin bed. I was like, this is so visual. So visual in my mind. You know, I always forget how aggressive Henry is. This would be, like, a great SNL short. <laughs> Oh, your twin bed? No, my twin Henry. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a center for spoilers, this week we're talking all about the movie Junebug. So if you haven't seen it, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off by telling you what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and we're going to close out with some watch list ads and recommendations. Buckle up, bitches! <laughs> that, that's the tagline for Junebug. <laughs> no. What would that be? That sounds like the tagline for RV, starring Frost and Williams. <laughs> I think that's a PG movie, too. Buckle up, JoJo. You know what? Or that's like the different version of the Mean Girls quote, like, get in, loser, we're going shopping. Buckle up, bitches. Oh, I love that vine where the guy's, she, it's like some girl is cold or something, and he's like, throws the blanket and goes, bundle up, bitch! <laughs> it's like the, what is it? Damn, Jackie, I can't control the weather. I love damn, Jackie, I can't control the weather. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. What did you watch this week? Let's begin with Thelma and Louise, because I showed it to my two best friends. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What did you guys think? It's a classic that I feel um, bad that it's been so so many years since, I was able to. I don't know what I'm talking about. I would like listeners to know that Kimmy literally has a flute of champagne in one hand and she had her other hand on her heart. Like I'm fucking declaring. She's wearing a Meryl Streep turtleneck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This is my third glass of champagne. It tonight. truly, it breaks my heart that I couldn't be there to be with Thelma and Louise. <laughs> I felt like I really was Thelma. I was there in spirit. <laughs> I, I just anyway. Say, <laughs> I just want to say that what a treat it was. They're just both so equally likable, and they're criminals by no fault of their own, of course. And they just stick up for one another. And it's, like, a real feminist movie. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, like, I want to get in the convertible car with my best friends <laughs> and... We're going to the Twilight convention next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to blow up dirty truckers' trucks. Yeah. And break the law. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And I want to acquire confidence that I didn't have in my loveless marriage <laughs> along the way. Okay? That's just what I want to do. Her hand is still over her chest and she's yes. now sipping Thank champagne. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I, yeah, I guess, yeah, the, the end of that is just that I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the ending is emotional and they feel like... I thought the ending was perfect. It is oh, perfect. Right? And right? Like, I knew going into watching it what happened in the end just because of... Did you really? Yeah. Every, you knew about the driving off the cliff? Everybody knows. It's in pop culture so I heavily. I did not know. I, did, I knew that they they killed themselves. That they that they drive off a cliff and they kill themselves. But you themselves. knew about the driving off a cliff? I did. I did not. 
It's and like in stuff. You'll, it's you'll in hear it so many places in now. In songs, in like references. The it's only all over one the place. I know is from Rent that she said after the movie is over. So going into it, I was a little wary. I'm like, I don't know how this can be like uplifting at all. First they kiss, and then it's uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it is. And it's devastatingly so because mm-hmm. these women feel like the life that they had before, even though they they could probably definitely, you know, go through court and stuff like that and get, like, lesser sentencing, they don't believe that the life they had before is is worth it yeah. and that anything in another life is going to be better for them as and they're gonna be there together. Yeah. You know? It's so And nice. just like we just had the most amazing past couple days and there's literally nothing I can do that would ever top that. Yeah. So why not just like they go need out to like grow this. that way and that journey together. Mm-hmm. Poor sweet Thelma. Like I know. Ugh, she just started Poor living. Dumb, sweet Thelma. I was so angry with her when Brad first like stole her money. I know. I know, right? Um, oh, so I had like an addendum then. Uh, when we did the assassination of Jesse James, the question was favorite Brad Pitt movie, and I was like, why didn't I say that when as I was watching Thelma? Oh, Doesn't matter. <laughs> so that's my favorite Brad Pitt movie. Oh, okay. Perfect. He's spicy in it. Yes, and then something else. Um, just because I've I've tried like recently to make um like a spreadsheet of all the information that we compile in our episodes yeah. and stuff. And so, like, not that long ago, slash after we watched Thelma and Louise, I listened to, I think it was our Insomnia episode, where it's, like, a morally gray character. And I was like, Thelma and Louise. And I still stand by that. But I was like, what they did, they were totally justified in doing. It was all okay. <laughs> and I, I only recently, like, Kayleen was talking to me about it. She's like, I can see why there would be an argument, because... They do get away from Harlan. Yeah. They get yeah. away from him, and then they still shoot him, and, like, that's... Yeah. I was like, ugh, but he deserves it. Well, and because when you prefaced, like, ages ago, when we were thinking of going to see it at the rooftop place yeah. before they took it away, you had said, you know, there's a reason that, that they are on the run. Yeah. And so my first thought was, like, just because you kept it so mysterious, I was like, murdered someone, tried to rape him. Like, that was my first mm. thought. And so when it's happening, I was like, okay, that's what's gonna happen. And then they get away. And then they still murder him. And yeah. I was like, oh, not as cut and dry as I presumed. No, but then you know Louise's backstory, and it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that, that moment when when Thelma is laughing about what Louise says to him before she shot him, and she, like, is, like, hysterically oh, laughing yeah. in the car, but it turns to crying, and she, like, mm-hmm. can't control it. That's yeah. so effed. Oh, my gosh. But it's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Anyways. <laughs> uh, something else that we all have seen is Marriage Story. Yes. Yeah. So you watched it by yourself slash kind of with Courtney? Yeah, I watched the first half this morning, and um, then I watched the second half. I mean, really, it, it was only like 30 minutes It was left. when they oh, get okay. into their big blow up. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. To the end. So yeah, like 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, um, so to listeners, Courtney and I watched it the day that it, well, the day, day after, after it came, it came out. out. Day after it came out. It was raining profusely, Ooh. and we um, ordered some food. And it was a whole mood. That's it was a nice. whole ass mood, and we watched it, and it was great. And we, like, treat, tried to treat it like a movie theater, because we knew it was going to be a heavy movie. Um, we paused it. Oh, my God. I totally <laughs> forgot about this until this exact moment in time. <laughs> we paused it in this one part, which, like, it's not going to be its funny rehash. It's but, not. <laughs> but there's a part where they're saying, what's the name of the place? Manny's. There's a place called Manny's, and they're saying, like, 
do you want to get manis? But the whole scene, they say that word about six times, and then Courtney and I, at the same time, realize they are not saying mayonnaise. And we oh. pause it, and we're like, why would they ask if you've ever had mayonnaise before? Like, are they just eating mayonnaise plain? Just picture the goddess that is Laura Dern, and me and Keelan were stumped. She was like, mayonnaise? Everyone good with mayonnaise? You all want some mayonnaise, right? And I, we were just like, what is happening? And we laughed so hard, we cried. That's pretty good. That and that was the time I it. cried during their story. Thoughts? Well, I have, like, extensively written notes. If you guys want to go first, that's totally fine. No, go for it. Go for it. Okay. I'll go off your notes. So, um, this movie's full of, like, really long takes. And I think that the long takes sometimes, that sometimes seem mundane and extraneous, reflect real-life circumstances. Uh, The stories and opinions that the characters have are general and self-involved, and only represent their own stream of consciousness that was never communicated in the marriage. So when they speak it out loud, it's patterned to support their own wants and needs and portray themselves in the best light possible, which is what real people do. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking specifically about um, when Scarlett Johansson's character talks to Laura Dern, the lawyer, about how, you know, she says, start at the beginning. And all that she's saying is like, really general and really like in her head stuff that she seemed to have never spoken about outwardly in the marriage and and people do that you know you mull it over in your brain until it's kind of like this intangible thing and you're like justified in that's how you feel yeah and I'm sure that that shouldn't be um denied at all but it's so not solid and it becomes such a greater thing that it is and it's endowed with so much over time uh, like and I just was really affected that like by that because real people do that you know mm-hmm. that's how because we had a conversation about that's how I felt about their fight because the fight yes. was so venomous that it just feels like we all have those thoughts in a relationship and this For movie is sure. just putting them out there because we so rarely do that mm-hmm. plus it's like I've as I've gotten older anytime I think of like okay I want to bring up this one thing mm. I now think of what the person can say back to me I'm like well, fuck, how do I rebut that, you know? And so, like, I haven't ever spit Venom that harshly like they did in that scene because I'm afraid of what someone else will say back to me. Yeah. If I spit my harshest, like, what are they going to say? Yeah, and I want to talk about the fight scene in a second, but here's my next point. Uh, I really appreciated the long takes for what the actors were able to do within them because it gives the actors time to behave in their environment and go through these emotional arcs in a natural and in the moment way. Like the lawyer scene again and the scene where they're getting ready to serve um, Adam Driver the papers. They're running around the house and they're going in entrances and they're coming out exits and stuff like that and they're overlapping each other and it's all one long take. What is this, a farce? Yeah, we we definitely felt that it it felt like a play. Yes, okay, which brings me to my next point. Thank you very much, Courtney. (laughs) What a lovely segue. I think that it's ironic and supportive Mm -hmm. that the movie focuses heavily on theater because some of the scenes and takes are so long that they emulate performances in theater more than film acting. And theater people. Yes. Like, this is just theater people at the wazoo. Yeah. Yeah, and coming from a theater background, like, what a 
juicy thing to do yeah. as an actor um, because I've heard about actors who when given scripts that are where they're going to do like a really long take or something they're not prepared for that because that's not something that oh, yeah. is really common and they don't know how to like do that much dialogue all in one take and which you, you need know? to it's you, acting I know yeah. I know yeah <laughs> but that's got to be insane to be somebody who you know became famous through film and has never or has barely ever done theater. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's so scary. Whereas yeah. to us, it's so the opposite. Well, yeah. I mean, in Adam Driver, he did. He went to Juilliard, didn't he? And then I mean, Scarlett Johansson. She's been like acting since she was a child. Yeah. So at this point, like the year that that woman has had, this is just the perfect way to end it because it's like you start hard with the biggest movie ever made, right. a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. You go and do this hilarious indie comedy where you're kind of at the heart of it yeah. uh, and then you go and you do this Oscar worthy performance that yeah. is so theatrical and it's it's basically a play yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's no reason this couldn't be done on the stage and yeah. I mean just kudos to that woman like what a year ooh I didn't think about that like <laughs> she's just showing like we can do it all it's like that meme that went around for a while where it was like <laughs> Amy Adams could do Wolf of Wall Street but oh, Leonardo yes, DiCaprio yes. couldn't do Enchanted <laughs> that's true <laughs> Like, stop discounting what people do. Like, her performance in Endgame is amazing. Right. And so is her performance in Jojo Rabbit, and so is her performance in Marriage Story. Right. And And each of those serves a different purpose. It doesn't mean that one isn't a good performance. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And all three are in Kimmy's top ten. (laughs) It's true. And maybe mine. Um, (laughs) This is the last thing I have written down in my notes before I want to talk about the fight scene, because I wanted to kind of riff on that one. I didn't have anything written for that. (laughs) Um, Here it goes. Uh, I think that the production designer of this film needs to have, like, serious props and nods because the environment that represents each character is so specifically curated and reflect, to reflect the type of person that that character is. And the, like, the difference in the lawyer's offices Mm -hmm. is insightful to who the lawyer is. Yeah. In terms of the lawyers, I think that's great, too, because both of those lawyers are just, like, looking for the blood in the water. Like, they are both insane and Laura Dern's looks like a cozy therapist's office that mm-hmm. woman may as well have been her therapist in there totally. yeah. but even so like you know that she has just as nice of a view as the other guy as Ray Liotta mm-hmm. she's got this like intensely curated tea that she's like she it has yeah. a ridiculous name too right. she's like oh and I'll send you home with some oh, yeah. and you know what too is that it's like she's kind of like she's the woman's lawyer and mm-hmm. Ray Liotta is the man's lawyer yeah. because yeah. hers is very sit like we're gonna get through this whereas he's we're gonna very, talk about our feelings he's but like we're gonna eat yeah. her alive she's still gunning for it and she won the case right. so for for the thing you said about it feeling a lot like a play uh one of the things that courtney and i said after we watched it that was a little bit of a downfall for me but in the scene where she's in the lawyer's office mm-hmm. when she's talking to her and having the big monologue i was very aware it was a monologue mm. it just felt it like i felt like i was watching some, and I don't mean this as in the acting was bad, I just meant that the writing was, mm-hmm. and Courtney pointed this out too, like, let's get up, let's walk around, let's sit down, zoom in, zoom out, like, just the the whole cadence of that scene to me was very, and I think that sometimes is just what happens when you're doing long takes like that, mm-hmm. where, but it, I, I was very, like, all right, I get, I get what you're doing. This yeah. is like your Oscar moment here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is the clip they'll use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nice to all accept that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll allow it. Okay. Well, um, in terms of things that we have seen separately, I saw Frozen two. Ooh. Can I, I spoil it? it? No. You want to spoil it? <laughs> no, I know. I, 
still want to see just it. Just because I have one major uh, complaint oh, that no. I just want to voice, but then the rest of the movie, Dynamite Aces loved it. Wow. Uh, loved so it. So the complaint has to do with a spoiler, though? I mean, not. it's not even a spoiler. I mean, it's something that I'm mad they didn't do. Oh, I see. And there was there was no real inkling that they would have done it. I was like, just why didn't you do that? Well, I'm okay with that if you are. Is it something I'm going to be mad when you say it? I don't think so. Okay, then go for it. They're cowards for not giving Anna powers. Anna, oh. Anna deserved powers. I see. And they, like, even vaguely foreshadowed it, kind of, that, like, maybe in Frozen 3, but I was like, give them to her now. And then they, they also just gave Elsa... All the best songs. Oh, and so I'm like... Like in the first one. I'm like, what poor child is going to want to dress up as Anna now? <laughs> like, <laughs> you gave... you gave. I mean, I loved Anna's songs in the first one, and then they, you just have Let It Go. So then Let yeah. It Go is the fan favorite, obviously. But now in this one, everyone's all about that Into the Unknown. That's not even the best song, guys. Mm. Show <laughs> Yourself is the best song, and I Is that cried. an Elsa song, though? It's an Elsa so song. So again, Elsa has the two best songs. <laughs> oh, big time. Um, and I, I just started crying in the theater. Uh, I cried listening to it in my car Aww, even because it has this insane build and it oh my gosh it just gets me so good um and <laughs> the visuals are are stunning they are so beautiful to look at and you can tell that that's kind of like I mean story maybe not as developed and maybe it was kind of like a rehashing the way that like Finding Dory is like oh, okay. Finding Nemo like the characters kind of went on the same journey gotcha. but visually boy did their art department know it was up and wow. there was one motif throughout the whole thing that just gave me life, and I, it was so beautiful and so cool. And watch it so I can talk to you about it, please. I know, I'm, I'm sorry. So excited to see it. <laughs> yeah, and I can't even talk about Knives Out either because no. I still haven't seen I it. I'm probably gonna see that this weekend. I'm not kidding. I think on Saturday I'm gonna go see three movies at AMC. Okay, well then I can I can say my little thing, and if you guys want to say more stuff, then you go for it. Um, so this is like a small thing, but have you guys seen on Netflix that show, uh, the movies that made us? Yeah. It like just it's popped up Dirty one Dancing there. one. Yeah, it's got trailer. it's got Dirty Dancing, Die Hard, Home Alone, and Ghostbusters. And mm. then I think I think that's all of season one. Like I think that's that's it, but there they might do more. Um anyway, I was like, I'm gonna start this show. And the first episode is Dirty Dancing. And I watched the whole episode, which is about an hour, and I just couldn't wait, and I immediately watched all of Dirty Dancing. Oh! <laughs> I had no uh, idea that was going to happen that day, but I was like, I gotta watch it! <laughs> so I did, and then I cried, because that movie's great. <laughs> and then I watched the other day, I posted about this on Twitter, but I showed Tommy Die Hard for Christmas. <laughs> and you were wearing that sweater when you showed yes, it? Yes, and it was a Christmas miracle, because I had ordered this dope <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza Christmas party sweater and it came the day that he was over. So I opened it in front of him and I was like, my Die Hard shirt is here! You should have bought him one too. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my god, matching Die Hard shirt. And then put like a Christmas hat on him and uh, been like, time for our Christmas card photo. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the picture I posted on Twitter I also put the Die Hard DVD in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Just oh, I have to go back and look at that. <laughs> so funny. Ugh, what a fun time. Uh, so I had a nice 80s week this week. So last thing that we watched and what Nikaylee now gets to fill in the blank for, uh, if you will recall back in September, I got her three DVDs for um, her birthday that were blindly wrapped. She didn't get to know what they were. And now you have seen the third installment, which is... God's Not Dead Dose 2. <laughs> God's Not Dead 1 was such a treat for us to watch <laughs> when we watched it. And we were like, ugh. Gearing up for God's Not Dead 2. And here's how the movie went. I'll fill in this the quote and you'll get it. 
It says, and the Lord said, let there be blank. So I said, and the Lord said, let there be hours upon hours of courtroom scenes. Darn it. That's, That's all, all it was. was. That's so annoying. I was so was. bored. I was yeah. so bored. We stopped the movie and finished it the other day after like months of not finishing it. Yeah. And it was just 30 more boring minutes in a courtroom. Like, and nothing ever once happened. It was like, is it true that on this day you said the name Jesus in your classroom? Yes, I did. And is it true that students' ears were listening? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, yes. And John Tucker didn't even do anything hot. Didn't take a shirt off once. <laughs> didn't mow anybody's lawns. <laughs> He definitely didn't dunk a basketball with his thong hanging out. That's for sure. He did wear a nice flannel. <laughs> so if you want basically a whole season of Law and Order <laughs> Special Jesus Unit. Anyways, that's that's all we watched this week. That's it. That is all. Moving into some movie-related questions. Because this week we're talking Junebug, I came up with two questions uh, to discuss other movies related to it. The first question, what is your favorite slice of life film? I can go first or someone else can go? You can go first. Okay. Uh, I have two honorable mentions. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Francis Ha is an honorable mention because um, it's Noah Baumbach who did Marriage Story. And then Greta Gerwig who is his... Partner, and um, it's it's basically like a one-woman show, because the whole thing is just different vignettes of her life, oh. and she is just, I think, like a 28-year-old, um, and she like has a hard time grappling with that. She Were they to be together 27. before that movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I think so, yeah. Anyways, um, it's uh, her trying to make it in New York as a dancer, which I can't even imagine how hard that is. Like, acting yeah. is one thing. Dance is just like, yikes. Yeah. You can't even use your voice. It's all about your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and your ability. You can't fake that. And yeah. um, so it's just kind of like her following with these various mishaps. And it's, a, it's delightful. And she really does a whole bunch of stuff as it goes on. And has to, like, travel different places. Like, she, she ends up in Paris. She ends up, like, in Poughkeepsie and in New York City and in Sacramento. And <laughs> of course she does. Of course Greta. she does. With her real parents are in it. Ooh. Um, and it's, it's great. I love that. And then why it's hand in hand with this, my other one is Lady Bird. Yeah, that's on my list. <laughs> okay. Is it your main one? No, that's fine. You okay, great. I watched that this week. <gasps> oh, yeah. so good. Oh, my heart. It's so good. I, I lost it at Lucas Hedges this time. Cool. I mean, and just, just everything about it, it's just, it, as it was intended, it's a love letter mm-hmm. and it's, it's beautiful and I'm just in love with those kinds of stories that, that really capture a time and a place and a, a mood and... That, yeah, I don't have too much to say about it, because my real answer, and I'm scared to say it now. Oh. Like, I'm scared for both of you. Oh, I don't think you're going <laughs> to I forgot me. you had two, and then I got immediately scared. Oh, are you scared? Yeah. Are you scared? <laughs> I'm not scared. This is like the least scary movie. Do it to me. I can take it. <laughs> what is it? It's Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh. oh! I didn't even think of that one. No, I didn't either. I, I just, I love the characters in this story. I think it's Emma Watson's best performance, mm. who didn't fall in love with Ezra Miller watching this. And there are so many musical moments that just, again, capture a time and a place and, and a feeling. I mean, yeah. there's the whole a thing, obviously, of, like, we are infinite, but then there's also, like, when Come On Eileen is playing at their, their mm. winter formal, and it's just... It's such a beautiful movie, and it, it does have, like, a, a, a big climax and everything, too, but it feels so slice of life where you can see someone in your life doing the things that, that Charlie is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you know people in your life who are like Sam. Um, 
And I also just love that the characters clearly have inside jokes that we're not privy to. Like, they, they have these weird lines yeah. at different times where, like, I remember the first time seeing it being like, why did she just make a bulimia joke? I have no idea. Uh, uh-huh. And I'll never know. But it's something that her and Patrick think that this is funny and then they say it. And it's just... I, I love that movie so much. And it, it, it really is just a That's great a one, one to revisit. Yeah. My honorable mention is Winter's Bone. Oh, oh, I haven't seen it. Be careful. I won't say anything about it. <laughs> um, That's bleak. It's, it's the film that... Really, it really made Jennifer Lawrence famous, and which is great because that's what Junebug is for Amy. Yeah, good, Aww. and um, and I arguably believe it's like her best performance because she wasn't Hollywood wooded, you know, <laughs> and she was she cast Hollywood yet. <laughs> yeah, she was cast age appropriately, mm-hmm. and and it's just her living, you know, in this in these circumstances in this world, and and it's great. But my real answer is, are you ready? It's Short Term 12. Nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's just, it's a really good movie. Um, the performances are great. It really is like a day in a life situation mm-hmm. and really unique. Like, it's it's like a world that we don't really get an eye in very often, mm-hmm. you know, certainly not in movies. Um, how many times have we seen a courtroom, am I right, <laughs> in a movie? Um, but yeah, I just thought it was just really simple, really well played, great slice of life movie. Brie Larson, she's great. Um, I was surprised that you didn't say Sunshine Cleaning. I don't have much to say about Mm. it, but I thought that you would because Amy movie. I was trying not to get too Amy crazy today. (laughs) One of my questions was going to be, what's your favorite Amy Adams movie? (laughs) I was like, calm down. (laughs) Um, and then another one I just wanted to like say, just to throw it out there is The Way Way Back. I think that's a really good one. Um, but the two I really wanted to talk about... This one I picked because it just takes place over such a short period of time that what else could you call a slice <laughs> is The Breakfast Club. Oh. Where it's literally just, it's literally just people talking and people showing you what they're like. Um, and then my number one, which it was going to be Lady Bird, but this one's good too, is Laggies. Oh, because I've never seen that. It's really just about Kira Knightley trying to figure out who the heck she wants to be mm-hmm. and hanging out with Sam Rockwell and Chloe Grace Moretz in the process. Alrighty, my second question then for you. Um, name a movie where a character returns home. And this can either be for a trip, it can be for circumstances, whatever they are that you already know. Um, and it's it's clear that they're kind of just, they've outgrown their hometown mm-hmm. and they, they now are forced back. Okay. My honorable mention, because it's not a movie, but it's all I could think about, is Sharp Objects. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally all I could think about That's when you nice. sent That's me this question. That's a good answer. But it's not a movie, but it's yeah. the best one. It's, it's the, the best, best one. one. It's um, the best everything. And then my other honorable mention, just because we just watched it, it was very fresh in my mind, is Other People. Because he's from New York. Yeah. Well, not from New York, but he lives in New York and he comes back because his mom is dying of cancer and has to hang out in Sacramento for like two years. Maybe not quite two years, but like a but year a at least. Time. So a very long time to stay in your hometown after living in New York. Yes, mm-hmm. I was glad you mentioned that one. Um, and then my real answer, because I felt clever for thinking about it, <laughs> is Colossal. God oh. damn it! <laughs> Are you serious? God damn it! <laughs> Oh, I did too. Uh, I'll use my other one. Uh, colossal, because it doesn't really have to do with her returning home, but that is the catalyst for what ends up being the plot of the movie, which mm-hmm. is the monster thing and this, you know, 
old friend slash maybe fling of Jason Sudeikis and how she doesn't know what he's like now because mm-hmm. they haven't been around each and other. And he's been in that hometown this whole time. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See what it does to a person. <laughs> you can go next. Okay. Since you're, well, you're, you're not going to have this. So. And it's still a good one. It's just but both of mo- these movies are movies that I've talked before on, mm. on the podcast about. So uh, my answer is this is where I leave you, which is Ooh. where... All the siblings come back to sit Shiva in their hometown for their father who's passed away. Shout out to Adam Driver again. You know, he's in it. He does great in it. Definitely, like, family and, like, childhood drama slash trauma comes up for all these people returning home. I I think it's a pretty accurate answer. I would like to see that. Okay, um, so I have an honorable mention because it's dark, and I was like, ooh, but that's true. It's Martha, Marcy, Mae, Marlene. Ooh, I I saw that one when I looked it up. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was like, ooh, yeah, because she's escaped a cult and Mm. has to go back. It's not even her home. It's just her sister's home, but, like, that's the ultimate version of, like, I have to go back to the people who knew me, and obviously I have changed. Mm -hmm. Um, But my real answer is one that I'm... I was scared to rewatch um, because I loved it so much. It's in the land of women, with Kristen Stewart and Adam Brody, oh, and yeah. Meg Ryan. Have you seen that, Kimmy? I did, but a long time ago, <laughs> and and I don't really even remember what it's about. Uh, it's him, and he's um, just recently been been dumped, and I think his girlfriend like is now dating Colin Farrell because he's like a Hollywood guy. Yeah, and he was dating like the the most this, like new hit actress, and she dumped him for Colin Farrell, and he's like I think he writes adult movies. Oh, <laughs> and so he has to go back to his home, and I'm to take care of his grandma, and his grandma is one of those old women that we all know so well. It's not Olympia Dukakis. It's no, it's Olympia Dukakis. Ha ha. Uh, it's Olympia Dukakis who he's taking care of, and she's just like you know an, an, a really old woman who can't do anything, and it's it's kind of funny. But then you know she she's trying to change his life too. And then next door to him lives Meg Ryan, who just got diagnosed with cancer, oh. and her two daughters. One of him is Kristen Stewart. And the reason I'm hesitant to rewatch it is because as a 16 year old watching it, I was like the sexiest movie ever made. Oh. Like he's he's making out with the mom and the daughter, and now I'm like she was probably underage. <laughs> Yeah, I remember being, like, dissatisfied with the ending. I can't remember what the ending is, but I was like, that's how it ends. It's because it's so slice of life, and it's kind of like, yeah, that's probably how it would end yeah, if that's, that's, if that's, that's the deal. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I just remember watching that, um, like, on my TV, and the whole credits played all the way through, and it went back to the main menu, and I was like, yeah, I can watch this again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I just pressed play, and... I loved it. I would like to rewatch it again, but again, I'm, like, scared that it's gonna, like, not hold up, because it's like, wow, 2008 or whenever was a wild time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been sometime around then. Um, but yeah, that's my answer. Gotcha. Cool. So, we, um, I just had you two watch the trailer for Junebug. What do you think this movie is about? What are your predictions? I don't know. Okay, so, so we both missed when they said the name of the state they're in, but it seems yeah. like a funky little town where she yeah. kind of talks I think it's like Bama. This. I think it's Alabama. Bama. Okay. Okay, I can go for Bama. I'll get yeah. on with that. Uh, I don't know how Alessandro Nivola is, uh, like, related to these people. Oh, he must I be the one returning the... to his hometown. Yes, yes. I think it's uh, the, the brother. And probably. he's gone to some city life. And he's become this kind of elitist art gallery buying guy. He buys art galleries? And he's going to (laughs) be married. (laughs) He buys the galleries. (laughs) He goes to auctions where they have esteemed art and he buys them. 
Because he's rich as fuck. He buys the auctions. Yes. <laughs> and he's gonna... He has a fiancé. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's the woman that we see in the trailer. And I guess she's the main character. M. Beth Davids is her name. And yeah. she's Miss Honey. Yeah, Miss Honey from Matilda. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Uh, she's that's a crazy name. The lead. M. Beth. Yeah. And it's about him taking her back to see his family to kind of tell them about their engagement and stuff and because he hasn't been back there and he doesn't see himself as part of their life anymore and she's kind of bombarded with this whole like way of life about her, you know, future husband that he that she had no idea about which might change things mm. for her um or like open her up to like a more family-oriented way of life that she wasn't really accustomed to before coming from, like, really staunch, upper-class city life or something. And everybody's super friendly to her. And and it's slice of life, so I don't think that there's, like, a deep, deep plot here. But that's what I think. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go the deep route, and this is why. Amy is pregnant, so who got you pregnant? Because I feel like I didn't see him in the trailer. And you seem very family-oriented, so I'm kind of thinking she has a similar... She still has that look and that twinkle in her eye, like in Drop Dead Gorgeous, where she, you know, sleeps around but is still innocent Mm -hmm. and all that, like, that kind of dynamic. So I kind of think it might be the same thing, where she fell in love and got knocked up and he dipped, but she's still optimistic, but maybe that'll come back later. But I'm wondering where he is. I don't know if we'll ever see him, but I feel like there might be some point, you know, some low point in the movie where that kind of thing comes up, or maybe they wish they had each other's lives. Maybe Mm -hmm. Amy wishes she got to more be, you know, free and have that kind of life, and maybe this woman wishes she could have the baby and be in this kind of quieter town. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the family's going to be really caring and there will be a lot of small town charm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the OC guy is um, Amy Adams' baby daddy. Oh, that guy's from the OC? The, yeah. The mustache man? Ben no, McKenzie. Not, he doesn't have a mustache, does he? Yes. He does? <laughs> He's small and blonde. I did not pay attention to this trailer. Yeah, mustache guy. Yeah. Who she went oh for. That's Ben McKenzie. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Watch he's the, the blonde OC, one from bitch. the OC. I didn't know that you watched the OC. I didn't watch the OC. I just know that he's from it. <laughs> no one watched the OC. You the just know one. all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I only know Misha Barton and Rachel Wilson. Yeah, and Rachel Bilson. Adam Brody and, and Brody. blonde guy. And Not eyebrows guy. guy. Eyebrows guy. Peter Gallagher is the dad in it. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to egg us to guess, or no? Um, just, you guys didn't know this was about the art world, did you? No. No. So that's, like, get ready for some art. Okay. (laughs) Is that a huge portion of the Mm -hmm. film? Oh. Yeah. Which is interesting, too, because it's, um, I'll I'll get into that, but it's it's not like a velvet buzzsaw type art world, it's a very interesting art world. I have another prediction, because this came up today at work, because I was talking to Riley about how we're going to do this today. And she goes, why is it called Junebug? And so I was trying to make guesses on oh. why it might be called Junebug. And my my couple guesses were that either it's like a nickname, because that seems like a South nickname, like, mm-hmm. this my little Junebug, that's Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or maybe she calls her unborn baby Junebug, I don't know. That's or there will be some, um, <clears throat> you know how in the way, way back there's that thing where the Anna Sophia Robb always talks about the crabs like the invisible crabs or whatever on the beach that mm. they're i don't know her it's dad like, said it yeah or like my dad told me about the all these facts about the crabs or whatever i think maybe there that's another 
possibility. Maybe there's like some like a June bug always loves his family. Um, the, you know, the, the dad, the Herschel, the name of the character. Was that actually who's playing the dad? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Herschel, that barn guy, barn guy. Yeah. Oh, that was Barn Guy? I'm not I think sure. So. I've only read the comics, but I was like, Herschel. Anyhow, okay. the dad is going to say, you know what, if June bugs drank from the elixir of life oh and they goodness. overran the world, we would... <laughs> I think he's going to say, is it a is a life. sin to kill a June bug. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually Atticus Finch. Anyways. No problem. You ready to get into this? Yes. yes. Alrighty. The film opens with, like, home footage looking um, footage. Of, like, old videos, and it's these men yelling out bird calls, I'm assuming. They're very loud, and it's just different close-ups of men being, like, yodeling, but bird calls. Mm -hmm. Uh, why? For you to decide. June bug noises. (laughs) Got it. Uh, then it's a shot of nighttime, and it's this beautiful shot of these trees. It's, like, two trees in the woods, surrounded by many others, but it's, like, the focus is on these two trees kind of growing, uh, in opposite directions. Title! In a nice, fun font. That's it. Now we are at an auction, and Embeth, who is the uh, the main character, the lead, her name is Madeline, and she is running this art gallery. It's her gallery, and there's an auction going on, and it's like, it's like some ridiculous painting, and they're like, oh, yes, like, this man painted this at this time in his life, and everyone's on, like, an old flip phone, oh. and they're like, yes, 8,000, we have 8,000 over here, yes, 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 and she spies across the room... Alessandro Nivola. Ugh. They just make eye contact. It is uh, and really... he's holding his champagne and he has his <laughs> hand on his chest like Kimmy. And he's earlier. like he raises it and he goes ten thousand. Um, what is his name? I'll tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she walks up to him and she just touches his arm and says something to him like really offhand about just like oh don't you like that one? And then later, cut two, they are making out. Oof. They are just Oof. furiously going at it in the art gallery, but everyone has gone. Uh, So that's what they're doing, and now we have a really fun, upbeat pop song, and it's the credits, and whose name is first? Amy Adams. Wow. Amy Adams gets top billing. Why? Because her last name is Adams. Oh. (laughs) Is that true? Is that No, that's not. (laughs) It might be. I should go back and watch it. I'm a medical. But you guys also watch the trailer, and her name is top billing. Because if you didn't know any better, she's the one who gets the Oscar nomination out of this. Ooh. She gets her first Oscar nom from this. Um, and then she won it, just like she did with every other nom she's been awarded. Stop it, Courtney. <laughs> Nobody knows you're being sarcastic. They Good. I hope, I hope everyone listening knows in their heart of hearts that Amy Adams is a six-time Academy Award winner. Um, she stops their making out to say, where did you come from? And you guys are guessing. And he says, where did you go? Stop. <laughs> and then she goes, oh my god, it's you, Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> After all these years. Anyways, he mumbles the name of his town, which I forgot to write down and didn't look up, uh, but North Carolina. Oh. Uh, so he's from North Carolina, and he, he says it with a nice drawl, and then they bang. Ooh. Yeah, they do. Yes. Now there are three dudes in a car, and they are outside of what I'm going to call the painter's house. There are these three guys, they're basically like Madeline scouts, and they are outside this ramshackle house, and it's where a painter is. A painter is inside, and you go inside and you see his works of art, and they're stunning. They're just a very, very weird style of art, and it's what the poster looks like, too. They are all done by this woman. 
her name is Anne Wood, and she she was commissioned these paintings for the film. Yeah. Um, but inside is this man, and his name is David Wark, and he is a Southern man who paints Civil War art, and it is so bizarre because it's really beautiful, and it's like the paint is kind of like clunky and Van Gogh esque, oh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's these Civil War battle scenes. Where all the soldiers have these giant penises, oh. just like shooting bullets. That's funny. He even like the the guy who's the painter, David Wark. He's got like a crazy droll. It's very hard to understand him. And also everything that he says is Looney Tunes. Oh. He is a bonkers person. And he's talking to one guy, like holding one of his paintings and looking at it. He's like, "Oh, if you turn the paper over, you'll see that General Lee's penis was too big. I had to paint it around the back." <laughs> around the back and they show it they show it wow um one of the guys calls madeline at her office and is like he's amazing because they're like scouts and they're talking about how incredible his work is and they say you should come and visit him you have to come down and see him we have to get this guy he's Uh. so good um so she does she cuts to her going down there and she's drinking cheer wine have you guys had cheer wine no i haven't either but it's like the drink of the south oh um it's it's it looks like a like a pop like a root beer or something um it's bubbly it's like soda pop it okay. looks like it's dr not pepper wine. it's not wine no no it's soda it looks like a dr pepper but it's called cheer wine and it's like oh. all of our southern listeners right now are like those dumb <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she's drinking cheer wine and it's you know meant to be like local color of like that's where she is now um, and she, she's looking at his art, and Embeth Davis has, like, a beautiful British accent. She's also tall, so thin, so stunning, and, um... Is she British in real life? She is South African. Oh. But also has had, like, a, like a, a big past the way that her character has, where she's been all over the place. And, um, listening to the commentary for this, because it's her and Amy... Like, the first thing she says that is so cute, Amy also does impressions of her, like, along the way, and, like, always mimics her when she says things about her, but Embeth is watching herself, and she goes, oh, God, look at me, I look so skinny, and, I, and like, she's like, oh, I'm beautiful. <laughs> she says that, but then she's like, oh, I'm sorry, everyone, I just had a baby, so it's nice to see myself looking beautiful, <laughs> and it's really cute, um... Yeah, so anyways, she's gorgeous and obviously, like, kind of put in this position where she's in, like, this shabby house and looking at this crazy Civil War art, and yet she fits right in. She looks at him and she says, oh, I love the dog heads on the soldiers and the scrotums. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, he starts quoting his dreams he, he's, like, going on and on about this girl named Glow Rain who comes to him in the night. And then Glow he uses... Rain. Yeah, then he uses wow. the N-word. Um, and oh then goodness. he says to her, you got purty legs. And I won't ever tell you you got purty legs. And just the fact... This woman is just so otherworldly. She's so stunning. And yeah. she's so, like, high class and everything. And she just looks at him and it's not rude. She just goes, yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. People have. Love that body confidence. Oh, yeah. And he says, I'm going to put them in a painting. I'm going to paint those legs. But I'm going to make your legs penises. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She says to him, George, my husband, uh, he's coming down here and we are going to... um, He's going to come back down here and he's going to... She says husband? Husband. She says, we're going to uh, meet with you. And she's on the phone, and she's talking about how she needs to overnight some cheer wine to their home in Chicago, so that, like, when he comes, the artist comes to visit them, they'll have his favorite drink there, because um, she wants to meet him there in Chicago. So, 
Her and George are driving while she's talking to her assistant about this and stuff, and um, he's fingering her. <gasps> They're just, like, madly in love and, like, horny all the time. Did wow. he go with her to... It's like he wasn't there in the house, but now it's like they're driving back okay, to visit him a second time. Um, and they're just like going at it constantly. Wow, good for them. Yes. Now, in the house, in the Johnston house, the dad is blowing up an air mattress. And it's really comical because he just is standing there and we watch the whole thing inflate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy, during the commentary, she loved this part and she's just like, oh, I've had to do that so many times when my relatives come over. I just have to sit there and wait for it to blow up. And I was like, celebs, they're just like us. <laughs> but also, this was 2006, so I don't know that right, she does right. that anymore. <laughs> uh, the dad says, I think to himself, because I just wrote it down, he says to himself, I'm going to make her a bird. That's what he says. Johnny is Ben McKenzie. He is the guy from the OC. He's got the mustache and a hat, and he is a very... The men in this movie, especially the dad and Johnny, they are just so masculine, tough, quiet all the time. Mm -hmm. He's sitting down at the family's kitchen table looking at an ad for a bra, and it's, Ooh. like, a drawing. It's, like, a, like an old, like, drawing of bras, and he's just, like, staring intently at it. It's really funny. <laughs> That's what... It's like the mermaid from The Lighthouse. This oh, yeah. Is, <laughs> this is porn. This is my bra picture. And he's kind of, like, being rude to his mom, and he's like, do we have any cigarettes? You said his name's Johnny? Johnny. Johnny Johnston? That's his name. Nice. He asks if they have any cigarettes, and she says no. And the mom, who is the mom from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Yeet. she's adorable. I think she just is from that kind of region, and she's a gift. She's so sweet. Um, she's opening the fridge and asking him, and she's like, where are all my eggs? What'd you do with my eggs? And without skipping a beat, he just goes, I stuffed them up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny, because he's a dick. And, like, he's just a dick all the time. And, like, he's not even helping his mom with anything. And then the dad comes, like, puttering into the room. And here's where we just see, like, brilliant family dynamics. Mm. The mom is very type A, trying to have everything one way. The dad is a people pleaser, and he's very sweet. And then the son is just kind of a dick. Okay. And so the dad comes in, and the mom is like, did you go to the store? And he's like, yeah. And she asks if he got something, and he goes, no. Aww. I forgot. And she goes, well, how about eggs? Did you give me eggs? And he's like, no. <laughs> I'll go to the store now. <laughs> he, like, turns around. Then there is classical music, which is kind of what's all throughout the whole movie, except for a couple of songs, but I think it's probably because of budget. <laughs> but it's her, it's that, yeah. and it is a close-up on Amy! Here she comes! It's a close-up on Amy, <laughs> and she's... She's super red in this movie, too. It was, like, her first time being red, too. Wow. Yes. That's so adorable. So cute. She is deep in thought, and her first words are thoughts about Madeline, who she knows she is going to meet. And she says, Is she thin? Is she pretty? I bet you she's pretty. And she's talking about all these things, and she just, she, she's so cute because she just goes, oh, I bet she's pretty. I'm gonna hate her. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait! Aww. I'm so excited! And she's, she's so happy. What a peach. She is a peach, and, um, the mom is like, sit down, Ashley, calm down, and she, like, jumps up. It's like, I can't! I'm too excited! And she's talking about how she can't wait to see her, her, like, new sister, essentially, uh, because she is married to Johnny. Oh, she's... Yes, I got it right. You got it right. Yeah. Okay, so can you explain the dynamic really quick? We have a house with a mother and a father. Yes. Johnny, the son who's a dick. Yes. Uh, George, the son who has left and gone into the art world. Got it. And mm -hmm. Ashley lives with them because her and Johnny are married. Okay. Yes. And then she has this monologue that's very interesting, too, because she's a pregnant woman. 
Um, and this this will make sense as you like find out what her and Johnny's relationship is like. But she's she's talking in the kitchen and she's like, "Do you know I lost two pounds? All I ate yesterday was a hot dog with no bun." And it's <laughs> and like she's huge. She's like yeah, a giant yeah. pregnant woman. Like she's she's very pregnant. And it's just it's so sad because like she just wants you know all these things all the time. She sits down next to Johnny and she starts talking to him about baby names. And she's like, "You know what I think? I think that we should." We should name uh, our baby Johnny after you. And if it's a girl, Johnny with an I. Don't you think that'd be cute? <laughs> and he's like, it's stupid. And he gets up. No, I hate Johnny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they are here. She starts screaming it. Uh, Madeline highs everybody and it's very formal. And she kisses each of them on the cheek. And then they kind of go inside and they're like, they're like barging through this very tiny narrow walkway and uh, Madeline accidentally bumps into the wall and knocks over this like sculpture of a bird. Oh no. It's like a nice glass bird. And then the mom comes in and sees that this bird is smashed and Ashley immediately just goes, oh I'm sorry Mama Peg, I ran into that, I dropped it, I'm sorry. And the mom is like, Ashley! And Madeline starts to be like, no, no, I did it. And Ashley, like, pushes her. She's like, I'm sorry, bye. <laughs> she saved her. Oh she saved God. her. And it's really, really cute. Um, Madeline goes to meet her brother-in-law, Johnny. And she goes up to him, and he's still sitting at the table. And she kisses each one of his cheeks. And is like, hello, I'm Madeline. And he says, do you have any cigarettes? Oh, jeez, <laughs> And she's like, cigarettes? She's like, no, I, I don't smoke. And he says, does George have any cigarettes? And she goes, George doesn't smoke. And he says, what, did he give it up? Oh. And she's like, what? And he goes, did he give up being an asshole too? And then leaves. Nice. <gasps> yeah. There's some brotherly trauma. There's some brotherly, brotherly not love. <laughs> um, Ashley then starts pestering Madeline and she's asking her all about her diet. She's like, what do you eat? What, what do you do? Do you exercise? And all these things. And she's just hammering her with questions. It's a lot. And, um... She just has this great way of thinking that's non-linear. It's like all these different non-sequiturs just left and right. And just whatever she says, you have to keep up because it's going to change instantly. So she's asking her about her diet and is like, what do you do? Johnny doesn't like it when I'm heavy, so I've been dieting too. And we've been married and you're married. You've been married for six months. How's that? And then she wow. sits her down and she's like, oh, you know, where are you from? What do you like to do? What makes you tick? Madeline is trying to, like, have multiple conversations, and she's talking to uh, the mom, and she's like, oh, thank you so much for having us, Pat. It's so nice, etc. And Ashley then has this sweet little monologue where she just, if Madeline's not going to answer her questions, she's going to tell her all about herself. And so she's just like, I've lived here my whole life, born and raised. My favorite animal is the meerkat. <laughs> Johnny got me this necklace or this bracelet with meerkats on it. I think they're so cute. Uh, I was, I tried out for the cheerleading team in high school. I didn't make it. Did you make the cheerleading team? And just trying to ask her all these questions. And as you saw in the trailer, Madeline goes to say, like, something about her, because Ashley, the last thing she said is, where are you from? And she says... Well, I was born in Japan, actually. Oh, yes. And Ashley just stops and goes, you were not. <laughs> and then just just this small town charm of, like, this is all that she's ever been from. And then Madeline goes on to say, yes, well, my father was a diplomat. I was born in Japan. And then we moved to Africa. And then we lived in D.C. for a while. And then it was back to Japan and Africa. And now I live in Chicago. And Ashley is just like, wow, is so amazed by all this. Starts to divulge some more about herself, and she says, well, I don't have any family, so these are, like, my family now. This is this is my family, and this is who I live with. And as you can see, I'm pregnant, and children are the most important thing in the world, and I'm so excited. Uh, and then she starts asking her about the artist that she came into town to see. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not that the 
brother George came down to visit his family and show off his new wife, it's because the new wife needs to go and meet with this artist who happens to be from the same town so as them. So they are oh, in the no. same town. Yeah, the Civil oh, okay. War artist is in the same town as them. Uh, so and she's talking about what? He never intended to come and see his family? Nope. They're just there to give him a place to stay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's talking about um, how her cell phone rings, and she's talking about how she has to go and meet with this David Wark guy and asking them if they know him, because he's local and he's from the town. Ashley, to try and, like, level, she just gets really excited, and she points, and she goes, Mama Peg does arts and crafts! (laughs) (laughs) Thinking it's the same thing, and Mama Peg is like, "Mm mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, they go upstairs, and Ashley's showing off her nursery, where there's, like, a cradle, and she's doing this thing where she says, like, in the middle of the night, like, this is my room, and you're sleeping in here. If you want to talk to me, just knock on the door, Aww. and I'll, I'll get up, and we'll have talks all night. What a cutie! It's the cutest thing. There's no other women in the house, besides her mother. Besides the mother, yeah, exactly. Like she feels like she's got a yeah. sister. And then, um... Madeline is trying to like kind of like ground this all back and not be in like this crazy Ashley land and she's like I, I really want to thank you for uh taking the blame for me breaking that thing and she's like oh don't worry about it stuff breaks all the time but also Madeline you keep calling her Pat her name is Peg <laughs> oh and Madeline's been saying Pat oh, so no. much like downstairs every time she's like oh thank you Pat oh no thanks Pat I'm good and Ashley Why'd tells she think her, it was Pat, because she just never met her. And Pat and Peg, those are similar names. I guess. <laughs> Madeline reacts really abruptly with, "Oh fuck!" And Ashley is like, "Whoa, the f Oh my gosh, she swore, and she's like, "Oh!" And <laughs> she giggles, and it's really cute. And then she asks her. Ashley asks Madeline, "Was it love at first sight when you married George?" And Madeline doesn't even really need to think about it because we saw it too. She goes, "Yes, yeah, it was." Um. We got married after one week. Whoa. Right? And to, to try and, like, get on her level, Ashley just goes, wow, that's so fucking cool. Uh, and it's, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Next, as the two girls are talking, Johnny comes in and kind of demands something from Ashley. He's like, did you get my Cliff's Notes yet? Because he has to read Huckleberry Finn. And oh, why does he have to read Huckleberry Finn? Because he's trying to get his GED. Oh, okay. Even though, yeah, uh-huh. he's an adult. He's trying to get his GED. And she she just wants to kiss him. She, like, starts jumping on his face and stuff. And he's like, Ashley, you ever stop? And she goes, no. And so after he says that he needs these cliff notes, Ashley gets so excited. She starts, like, jumping and jumping down and clapping. And she's like, let's go to the mall, you and me. And she's telling her all the things that are at the mall. She's like, there's a fountain. There's a Barnes & Noble. Ooh. Uh, there's these lots of uh, quiet shots of the house, just different, like, setting it up and everything. And it happens a lot throughout the film. And it's it's really peaceful and grounding. And it's, it's nice. Um, but it's... Horribly interrupted by a loud blaring car horn over and over again. And this this man gets out of the car and it's frantic and it's really funny. He's screaming. He's like, Johnny! Johnny Johnston! Johnny Johnston! And he just keeps yelling out and you realize his name is Johnny Johnston. And it's because they're late for work. Oh. And so Johnny now is, is going out to the car and they're getting to his work. There's more classical music. And now we see Johnny at work and he is a very happy person. <gasps> oh! He is smiling, he's come alive, he's joking with all these other men, um, and their job is like a factory where they just pour packing peanuts into boxes full of plates. Oh. And they like wrap these plates, and um, the whole thing was improvised. It's just this really nice banter, and these little bits of conversation, like we hear one guy talking about like a date that he had, we hear another one talking about the Super Bowl game, and 
it's just really, it's a great scene of just yeah. these little snippets, and it takes you through, like, their whole day of work very fast. We even see them on their lunch break, and you you do see Johnny come alive there, and he's, he's like, a very happy, smiley guy. I, I knew there was something wrong with that Johnny. <laughs> I wonder why he's so unhappy at home. Mm. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe he doesn't want to be a dad. Back at home, <laughs> Ashley wants to play beauty parlor and paint Madeline's nails. And uh, she says, oh, wow, I just got this, like, overwhelming urge to drink this. Ha ha. The nail polish? The nail polish. And Madeline, just because she's very well educated and just kind of, like, knows things, she's just like, oh, that's probably pica. And that's a thing where you have cravings to eat things that are not food. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that that could be due to your hormones. Like, you might need some iron. Do you take supplements for your pregnancy? And she says, no. And she's like, what is it called that I have? Ooh, pica, that's fun. (laughs) Um, But instead, she kind of wants to steer the conversation towards um, her names. And she's talking about how she wants to name her baby Junebug. Uh Ah, what? Yes. As the name of your child? No, the name is going to 100% be Johnny no matter what, but we'll call him Junebug. Okay, so then I was kind of right. You were very right, yeah. Um, And she's just talking and she says, uh, Madeline's like, do you know what you're having? And Ashley just goes, a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, no, boy or girl. And she laughs and she's like, oh, haha. And... Amy on the commentary said when her husband, who at the time was her boyfriend, saw that, he was like, oh, that was just all you right there, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> I guess that's just, like, the kind of person she Aww. is, and I thought that was really cute. Anyway, she says, I don't care if it's boy or girl so long as it's healthy and looks like Johnny. She doesn't want the baby to look like her? <laughs> <laughs> She's way hotter. <laughs> She's Amy fucking Adam. Thank you, guys. I want my baby to look like Amy <laughs> <laughs> One of them, they, they get onto the topic of conversation about... Does Johnny want a baby? Mm. And Amy says, oh, well, he's, you know, been in a phase of, like, I don't want a baby. Oh, a phase. <laughs> and Madeline... That's a very intense phase. Madeline asks, how long? And she says, like, two years. Oh, my. And she says, what do you think? And she just wants advice from Madeline. And Madeline is just so earnest. Like, she's, she's in this... It's it's a weird, like, class movie about just, totally. like... It, it, it definitely is. But Madeline is never looking down on them, ever. And instead, she just earnestly, like, wants to be honest with her. And so when uh, Ashley says, what do you think? What do you think he means by all of this? She just has to say, well, I don't know him. Right. And it's like, yeah, you met him this morning. Like, you don't know anything. That also, with the class thing, that just seems like a thing that some people have this mentality of, well, I was put on this earth, and I'm gonna have a baby, and he'll Mm. get over it, and then we'll have this baby. But it's like... You know, us three are in this mentality of, like, 21st century women where I, if I don't want kids, I'm going to talk to my partner about that. And then if you do want kids, that's a problem. And it's like, if we, if neither of us do, use protection, you know? And that's, that's just the kind of thing, too, is that that's not a conversation that we we don't, we haven't seen their relationship really at all. I don't think they talk. We can assume that they haven't talked. And something great um, from the script that is noted in the commentary is that, it is written that Johnny is happier at work. Yeah. So it's, it's not just like an acting choice. It's like that is the story. He is happier at work. Mama Peg comes in and is like yelling at Ashley and is like, Ashley, it's, it's way past your nap time. Go, you need to lie down. And she's like, no, I'm playing beauty parlor with her. <laughs> so she pulls Ashley away from her and doesn't really say anything to Madeline. And Madeline stands up and it's just like this gorgeous tall gazelle and starts waving her hands like in this ridiculous way to like dry them and oh it looks gosh. ridiculous she looks like a swan just like <laughs> moving her wings and it's it's funny yeah. and mama peg is like what and like walks away <laughs> 
The next day, it is uh, a baby shower. And there's all these, like, women coming in, and everyone's gathered around in a circle for Ashley's baby shower. And then we are getting all these different gifts um, given around, and Ashley opens one that is an engraved spoon. Nice. Uh-huh. You know, like how babies love spoons, like, that are engraved. <laughs> and, and like, some people at the shower are like, wow, what is that, a spoon? Like, a lovely spoon. It's, like, silver. Uh-huh. And every Ashley's like, who gave it, who gave it? And Madeline's like, that was me. Of course. I gave you the spoon. And I was like, this is the dumbest collection <laughs> to have is spoons. A lot of people do that. But a lot of people do that. That is such an old person, like, plates plates that you hang on your wall. Right? It's such a ritzy, weird thing to do, and in the commentary, M. Beth was like, I would get that gift. (laughs) (laughs) It cuts down to Johnny, who is in the basement, and he is watching TV, and he's flipping through these channels, and he's just, like, clicking and aimlessly, and then all of a sudden, during one of the channels, it clicks, and we hear somebody just go, and the meerkat is the, and then he clicks again, and so it's like, the special is on meerkats, and he just flips right past it. And then he goes back, and he goes back to the Meerkat channel, and he's watching it, and he just freaks out, and he, like, leaps up towards the TV, and he's, like, fumbling around trying to grab these VHS tapes, and he's, like, shoving one of them in there and pressing record record on the Meerkat documentary. And the VHS spits the tape right back out, and he pushes it back in, and he presses record. And then he starts yelling, and he's screaming for Ashley. And it's just so sad because he his heart is in the right place, and he just doesn't know how to deal with things, and he Aww. doesn't really know how to communicate because his communication is, I'm going to record this meerkat show yeah. for her. But instead, he interrupts her baby shower by screaming oh, her name no. from the basement, and everyone upstairs is like, whoa. And she goes downstairs to the basement. She's like, well, let me help you. And he screams. He's like, no, get out. And she, like, tells him what he's doing wrong, and it's, like, a very simple fix. And did, she, did she see that it was the meerkat thing that caused no, it? She, she didn't even see mm, what caused no, it? No. She, oh, well, no. She, he was like, how do I record it? I'm pushing it in, and I'm pressing the button. And oh. she's like, well, you don't do that. You push the button and then press it in, so it keeps spitting it out. And he yells at her to, like, get out. And it's really sad. So she doesn't know that what he was trying to do? He doesn't know. Oh. She doesn't know. But God. she loves him regardless. She doesn't care. And as she is walking up the steps from the basement, she turns to him and she says, Johnny, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. This is a line added to the script from Amy, because Amy went to church, like, before filming this, and I don't know if it was research to go to, like, a southern church, or if she just was going to church and, like, and and would go to church every week whilst they were filming, but one of the local pastors of a church said that, and she was like... I think that line belongs. I think Ashley right. would take what she heard as a Sunday message and then repeat it right back to Johnny. Oh, and so she does say that, and I really loved that. Upstairs at the party, the doorbell rings, and there's this woman, Lucille, and Mama Peg opens the door, and it's clear that she didn't invite Lucille, and Lucille's, like, kind of looking in at the party, and Mama Peg is like, oh, just just some friends. It's, it was last Ooh. minute, and Lucille's like, well, actually, like, thanks for not inviting me to your party, but... This artist guy is here. He came to my door and not your door. And Madeline is like, oh, crap, and stands up and um, goes to get the door. And it's like, the artist is here, and he brought his sister. And the artist is a really loopy guy, and his sister is not. In fact, his sister is a lawyer. Okay. And uh, Madeline is, like, shocked by that, too. She's like, he has a lawyer sister? 
And the lawyer is saying that Madeline is actually small potatoes and we want a big New York City broker and agent for his art. So, like, all of a sudden, now that this woman is interested in their art, the sister steps in and is like, no, we're actually going to go to New York and we're going to find a better person oh. to sell his art. The three of them all sit down um, in just the dining room and it's like there's a whole shower going on and Madeline is, like, loudly trying to calm him down and she's like, no, no, I can make you money. And realizes she said, I can make you money loudly while the whole house suddenly is silent. Oh. And she's very confused and looks and it's because Ashley is praying. And everyone's got their heads bowed and she's like asking for them to like, she's like asking God to like look over her baby and bless everyone in the house and thank you so much for this shower. And like Madeline has been yelling at this, this brother and sister duo and realizes that even they are praying. Like they just snapped into it so fast. Oh. It's like they heard everyone say like, bow your heads. Oh, done. And oh, like no. everyone. So she just looks really out of her element. And she kind of is looking around very confused. After the prayer ends, still with his eyes closed, David, the painter, starts praying even louder. And his prayer is for, he like names one of the Civil War battles. And is like yelling out for all those soldiers out on the field, and he just wants them to be okay, and Lord, you help everyone remember them and, and cherish them forever and honor them. And he's like yelling really loudly at a baby shower about the Civil War in prayer. And he ends, Ashley just goes, amen. Yikes. <laughs> and Peg looks pissed, and they all stare at Madeline. What? Has George done anything yeah, that, in the, this whole movie? He's I'm, about to. This next scene is all George. Because he's, he's the, he's the yeah, bridge he's here. The, yes, he's yeah. the bridge. Uh, we're almost to the halfway point as well. But the reason George wasn't there is because it was a baby shower. It was a girl's day. Him and his dad were out at lunch. And mm -hmm. we saw them at a diner. Okay. Madeline wanted to take Ashley out to a fancy dinner and celebrate. And she's like, no, actually, we have a church thing tonight. You should come. Um, and so they all have to go to church that night. And it's like in a church basement. Oh. It's It's just very... Multi-purpose room, yeah. tiny, like, potluck food in, in a church basement. It's Ooh. just kind of like, for this high-class art woman and, and also George who, like, live in the city and everything, it's, it's just, like, very different. And they're all sitting at a table and, like, people are milling about and coming to their table and saying hi. And the pastor even comes by and he's like, I'll see you at church tomorrow, right, Mrs. Johnson? And then stands there waiting and Madeline is just, like, smiling at George across the table and, and the pastor just goes... Do you not know your own name, Mrs. Johnston? Oh. And she's like, oh, that's me. Oh, oh, I'm Mrs. Johnston now. And looks at him and is like, ha She's very confused. And the pastor is like, all right, well, anyways, I'm going to pray over you now. So let's do that. And, like, he starts praying over all them and the whole family has their eyes closed and is in prayer. And Madeline doesn't close her eyes and is, like, looking around and is like, what am I doing here? She even sees George praying and she's just Gets even well, more confusing for her. Gee, that's what happens when you marry somebody <laughs> after a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the pastor then is like, George, there's no way you could come into town without giving us a hymn. Come on, oh, George. No. And George doesn't even really fight. He's like, ah, uh aha, -huh, okay. <laughs> and like, stands <laughs> oh, up. <laughs> and he just gets up and is like, oh, I'm going to need a hymnal. Like, I don't know the words. He doesn't look down at the lyrics once. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, and it's this really beautiful song. It, um, it's called Jesus is Calling and it's beautiful and fun fact from like the script and everything and all that is that when Alessandro Navolo read it, did he skim it? I don't know. But he apparently missed the part where his character sings 
and he like took the role without it and then when that time came to film that he's like I do what now? <laughs> oh, no. oh no. And didn't know. Um and then he did the whole thing in one take live and it's it's beautiful. Oh, good um, for him. Yes. It's magical. So he is singing this hymn with these two other guys but he's like taking the lead and he looks like he's getting into it. I mean, it's a beautiful hymn about being called by Jesus and coming back home and like those are the lyrics even is like come home is what he keeps singing. Does he cry? His mom does. And it's a really nice moment, too, of his mom. It cuts to her, and she's, like, mouthing the words along with him. And it's not over the top. It's just, this is my son, and I get to see him, and he's doing this. And, wow, I've really missed him so much. He's, like, gone out into the world. He's brought home this new wife and everything. And this shows the side of him you remember. And it shows the side of him that you remember. And um, it's really sweet. It even cuts to, like, the dad's face. It cuts to Madeline's, and it's just such a contrast because everyone in this church basement knows him and their family, and Madeline looks like, who have I married? Oh. And it's not even in a bad way, it's just shocking. That she, and she just doesn't know him. She just doesn't know him, exactly. The guy who gives fingers me in the car <laughs> is the same guy who's like, what the Lord right now? <laughs> the dichotomy of man. <laughs> Anyways. On the way out the door from the church gathering at night, Ashley asks Madeline if he will help with Johnny's report. And she's like, I bet you get an A, Johnny. Like, come down after you get ready for bed and come help Johnny with his report. And it's like nighttime and everyone is getting ready for bed. And Ashley sneaks downstairs into the kitchen for like a zinger. It's like a ho-ho. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, on her diet. And she like reaches up on top of the fridge and pulls one down. And then the box falls. And from the next room, the dad, he's like, Ashley? And she's like, yeah, I'm just getting a carrot. (laughs) And he's like, I put some zingers on top of the fridge for you. And it's just so cute that, like, even he knows her. Yeah. And she's like, no, and puts the zinger back, and then she gets a carrot. (laughs) And it's just, it says so much with so little. It's Mm -hmm. so interesting. And so she gets a she gets a carrot and then she um, goes upstairs and and asks Madeline. She knocks on her door. Madeline's like fresh out of the shower, and she's just so cute. She's like, "You can help Johnny with his report. You smell so good. God, you're beautiful." And it's just <laughs> she just showers him with her showers her with genuine compliments at all times. Um, and Madeline agrees. Uh, she goes downstairs and is trying to help Johnny with his report. And she starts by by speaking to him as if he's read the book. She's like, "Didn't you think it was funny? Oh, it's one of my favorite books." He's like, "No." That was boring. And she's like, okay, well, what was your favorite part? He's like, I didn't read it. And then, so she's talking to him about, like, themes and stuff and trying to give him anything. And she's like, well, don't you want to read it? And he's like, no, that's why I have the Cliff's Notes. And she's like, well, the Cliff Notes are just going to tell you what I could tell you because I'm, like, giving you an analysis of it. So I guess just read the Cliff Notes. That's fine. All right, bye. And he says, I'm sorry. Things have just been really hard. And she says, you didn't want to be a dad? And it just is, like, this moment where it's kind of like things are clarified and they're talking. And he gets upset and he starts saying, well, you know what? Ashley ruined the 12th grade for me. And so that's why uh, I never got to do anything because I started dating her and I wanted to go to D.C. And I wanted to graduate college and instead I'm stuck here and now I have to get my GED and she's pregnant and all this stuff. And she's kind of like, he's kind of just ranting and all this stuff. And uh, he gets mad at Madeline and then she apologizes and is like, okay, it's fine, it's fine. And she hugs him. Oh my gosh. And so she's hugging him because oh he stands up and he got really mad, and his hand moves yep. right down to her butt. I think <gasps> Kimmy's face was totally getting something else, and I knew I was exactly where that was going. I was definitely getting something else. Oh my I god! Exactly oh, you were going. like, oh, he's feeling things 
finally. Yeah, her butt. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, I I'm thought... being, I'm being really tricksy right now. Oh. Because this is the minute halfway point, and yeah. I could finish this. And, and you guys will see which direction this story decides to go. So you can either let me finish and then make predictions, or make predictions, whatever you want to do. Oh. God. Like, we're going to see what direction it goes based on what's about to happen, like, right now? Yeah, Madeline's going to have a reaction to him touching her butt. That's why I'm like, Trixie, Trixie. Because oh. I'm also trying to add drama, because it's a very <laughs> slice of life. Okay, well, Well, that's on. kind of making me think she's going to go for it, because she's she doesn't even know. Oh, God. Oh, was she your intention even... that she's not going to go for it? No, I, I don't think that she's going to go for Well, the for fact it. that you are leaving it up like this, like that you are... Like, I'm just being tricky. Pausing it in the middle. She's just been so compassionate and reasonable throughout and very kind to everybody. I think that she's going to have the awareness to realize that he's just kind of acting on impulse and being... Um, that is so much more mature than my mind. <laughs> you know, and I think that he's going to realize it too, that he's made a mistake and then we're going to get the vulnerable moment that I was hoping was going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, you know? That's a very logical way for this to go. <laughs> it is a slice of life. <laughs> but I want drama! <laughs> I... You're right, there probably won't be, but here's the thing. Obviously she's having some inner turmoil... She doesn't know what she's gotten herself into, much like it seems Johnny didn't know what he was getting himself into. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's got a baby on the way. I don't think these two are going to, like, hook up or anything like that. Maybe there's still going to be something that's inappropriate. And I don't even necessarily mean physically, but maybe some kind of, I don't know. They have a conversation they really shouldn't be having when, like, you're both married to other people, mm-hmm. bonding over, like, the okay. things they hate about their partner or something like that. I'm thinking, though, since this is, like, actual halfway predictions, I'm wondering what's gonna happen with the art dude. I kind of feel like that's not gonna pan out. Maybe in a big way. Maybe there's some big speech he has with his big drawl where he tells her, you guys don't get me. Mm. And I found this big hotshot New Yorker who gets me. <laughs> then they realize that they need to be more inclusive. <laughs> I don't know. I feel pretty good about my prediction, but I do recognize that there hasn't really been any deep-rooted conflict as yeah. of yet. Yeah. What do you think's gonna happen with the art dude? I really don't give a shit about the art. Yeah, yeah. but he's a part of the movie. I, I, I don't think that it's a, that's a huge part. I think he's inciting. And that that story has to play itself out in some way. So, I don't know. Maybe the twist will be that the big hotshot New York artist, dealer, whatever, recognizes that it's not actually that significant of an art piece. And so that dies out. But what I'm more worried about is, like, the relationships between these four or five people. Mm -hmm. And I think if I'm going to digress on any of my current predictions here... I would say that something is triggered in Johnny that helps him realize that he doesn't really truly want to be in this relationship and he's going to bail. And that's where we're going to get the remaining conflict that it's a broken, she's going to be a single mother now and maybe Madeline's going to help her through that and, you know, help her recognize that she's strong and... Okay. I hope if that happens that it incites George and... Ashley to have a closeness because we haven't really seen them have any kind of relationship at all in this Mm -hmm. movie and they're siblings 
No, they're not. Sorry, they're, they're sibling in laws. Yeah, yeah. but, but siblings, that would be nice. She calls for, them her family for them to be connected because they haven't had a way to be yet. I also part of my I'm actually liking this theory a lot better. Um, but I think that the the riff in Johnny and Ashley's relationship is going to reflect something for Madeline and mm-hmm. her relationship. So she's gonna have to work that out with George in some way. Like I don't really know you the same way that Ashley didn't really know her, Johnny. Yeah. You know, are we gonna fix that or re- is this gonna end? Yeah. And you know, Amy Adams gets a nom for this. Although she's been very cute and very sweet and, and I'm sure truly magnetic to watch, I'm still waiting for a big emotional payoff yeah. Yeah. here that where the Academy just goes, oh my god, that's Ooh. acting, you know? You know what? I hope that we get a moment where even though she still isn't going to have the kind of articulate nature that Madeline has, that she has a moment where she basically has to stand up to Johnny and she's as articulate as she can be in in a degree that it's shocking. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's Oscar-worthy, because she really had to pull out the big guns for her nice speech, yeah. telling him off or something. I hope it's not something tropey, like she has a miscarriage or something like that. Oh my gosh, that would be horrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I want to tell you what, um, this isn't Oscar-worthy, but I'm ready to tell you like the next little side plot with her then. Alrighty, after your halfway point predictions, the last you heard, Johnny was... Going to grope Madeline's booty. Yeah. She immediately pushes off. Yeah. And starts laughing. She laughs? is shocked. She puts her hands over her mouth and is like, oh my god. And is like, oh my gosh, it's actually, that's actually adorable. Like, what, what? Like, Johnny. And this is like the only time that she's ever like, on the brink of condescension. She's not there Mm. all the way. She's just so taken aback. And also he groped her. So it's like you can laugh in someone's face when they do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's laughing and is confused. And he does not take it in stride. He immediately calls her a bitch and screams in her face. And is like you are, you think you're better than everybody else. You're the worst, etc. Leaves. And Madeline is just stunned. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't fulfill anything that no. I said. It was like uh, a little bit with the fact that she said like it's adorable, but I guess it's more but we got we got nothing from him. Mm. Um, something that was happening throughout all of that that it was just hard for me to splice in there. But as I said, it was like nighttime rituals. Like we saw Ashley getting food and the family doing this and that, and then Madeline going down to help Johnny upstairs. In the meantime. Ashley is preparing for bed and she tiptoes over to her dresser and she opens up the top drawer and she takes out this photo of her and Johnny from when they were in high school. Mm-hmm. It's a very cute photo. I mean, it's not even that long ago. She's still very young. And it's just this cute photo of them looking so in love. He's like kissing her cheek and it's really sweet. And she gets into bed with it and she starts touching herself. Whoa. Oh. She just wants her husband still. That's still the only thing that she wants. The only thing she finds attractive. And she's so hormonal and pregnant. And uh, it goes on for a while. And it's it's really... It's it's kind of like sad, but it's kind of sweet. It's very it's very interesting to watch it's because sad juxtaposed against his infidelity. Yeah, yeah. Well, which isn't even like total infidelity. Like I just think he is like, wow, this gorgeous woman just hugged me. What yeah. do I do? Okay, great. Um, but really, it's just it's just so clear that she is so devoted to him and absolutely in love with him. And this is what she's doing upstairs versus what's going on right. downstairs. 
Madeline goes back upstairs to her air mattress where George is waiting, and they bone again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this, uh, I hope they are using protection, because oh. the others were not. Look at your nightmare downstairs. Yeah. Um, yeah, just they can't keep it in their pants. Yeah. It's been like two days. Um, the next day, Peg and Eugene, Eugene is the husband, the two of them are eating lunch together, and this scene just screams sharp objects to me. Oh. It's not as evil as Adora. But Peg just feels like Adora and Eugene feels like Alan. Of uh-huh. like, I am the woman and I am in charge. And he's sitting there just like eating a sandwich. Yeah. And she's like, I don't like her, George. I don't like her. She comes in here. She's a stranger. She doesn't know how to do anything. She's not right for our George. And he's like on her side. He's on Madeline's side. And he says, she's not a stranger. She's family. And the wife says, but she is strange, and it's like, I don't like her, she needs to go. But then inside the house, Ashley's water starts breaking. Oh no! And she is screaming, and it's the cutest scene in the world. Like, it is so cute. She is like, it's happening! Yay! She's like, running around, and guess who is gonna step up to the plate? Johnny! Johnny runs in and is like, what, 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 what's happening? And... He's not sweet by any means, but he is in go mode. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, the mom is calling the doctor, the dad is getting the car and pulling it around, and Johnny's like, what can I do, what can I do? I'll get the car. And he starts running, and she's like, your dad's getting the car. And he's like, I'll call the hospital. And she's on the phone, and he grabs the phone out of her hand and hangs up and starts <laughs> no. dialing. And she was like, I was on the phone with them. And he's like, what do I do? And it gets to be this huge, big commotion. There's just so much going on. And Madeline just, like, gets swept up into it, and George isn't there. And so she doesn't know what to do, and she's, like, kind of helping them, and she, like, loads them into the car. But in all of this big mess of getting Ashley to the hospital, Madeline is like, I gotta stay behind, I'll wait for George. Yeah. So, like, they all go off together, and Madeline is stuck there. At the house by herself. At the house by herself. And she's left on the driveway... And across the street, the woman, Lucille, who came over earlier for the baby shower, she's got her hands on her hips, and she's just gazing over at Madeline, and Madeline's, like, confused, and it's like, do I wave? Yeah. What do I do? And just kind of stares at her, and there's these, this is a fun fact, there's, like, these little June bugs that you can see flying around, like, in the, in, like, the very lowest parts of the screen. Madeline goes back into the house, and takes a cigarette from one of the drawers and is like, I need to smoke because everything's, that was craziness, everything's happening. And also, she has just found out that she has lost David Wark. Oh. Uh. He is going to go with the big shot, fancy art brokers in New York and yeah. not her. So Madeline is pacing so and smoking. So why did we even come here? Right. She's pacing and smoking and waiting for George to come home. And also, like, you gotta take into consideration, this is, like, before cell phones, really? Yeah. Like, maybe he had one, but maybe it wasn't, like, turned on loud enough. And it's just kind of, like, no one's really in communication that much. So she's sitting there pacing and smoking and waiting for George. And George comes home, and she's like, give me the keys, give me the keys, we gotta go, we gotta go. And he has no idea what's going on. He's laughing, he's like, whoa, what's up? And she's like, I'm driving, you drive too slow. And he's like, whoa, are you smoking? Have you been smoking? And she's got a lit cigarette, and she throws it, and she's like, no, give me the keys. And it's funny, um, and they get in the car, and he's confused, and he has no idea where they're going. And she's like, we lost him. We lost David Wark. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. And Ashley's in labor. He's like, what? Whoa, Ashley's in labor? And he gets really excited. And she's like, 
Yes, I will uh, drop you off at the hospital, and then I need to go to his house. I need to go. And he's like, you know, it means something, don't you? And she says, what? And he says, family, it means something. And she says, well, it's not my place. I shouldn't be there. And he says, it is your place, but if you need to go and talk to David Wark, I will drop you off there, and I'm going to the hospital. And so, like, just because it's closer, he's like, I'm taking you there, and I'm going to watch Ashley give yeah. birth to my nephew or Before niece. Before this, did it seem like he was, like, after that church scene and stuff, do we see him seeming like more of a family guy? What's really interesting is, like, it's only through my explanation that I'm like, oh, is George a nothing character? <laughs> <laughs> because to me, he's, he, you you see him and Alessandro Nivola is so charming that you don't care. You're yeah. like, yes, beautiful man, like, you yeah. do whatever, and you're just mm. happy with what he's doing. But I guess now we do get that after the church thing and after, like, like, he's always smiling when he sees his family. Okay. He's always happy with them. Whereas when he's with Madeline, he's happy, but they're kind of always touching. Yeah. They're always doing something physical. Um, and so he is earnest and genuine when he says it means something. Family, okay. I have to go be there. I was mostly, like, curious if this is kind of out of left field, that he's no. all of a sudden Mr. Family Guy. I think maybe to Madeline, but yeah. to us it feels natural. And she says, really, you'll take me to his house? And he says, if that's what you want... And she doesn't respond, and he goes, if that's what you think is right. Mm. Sorry you don't care about the artist, Kimmy, but now we're at the artist's house, okay. and we have to listen to him just babble on and on and on. And he's talking about, you know, well, it's not that I want to work with New York, I only work with God, and me and okay. God have our own thing, and this is what I do, and he keeps saying the N-word. Oh. And I don't know why, and he just keeps, you just, like, hear it coming up and everything, because... He's talking about one of his paintings. Isn't Huck Finn the book that has the N-word left and right? Yeah, I think it's like 234 times or something. Maybe it's an ode to Huck. <laughs> yes. He's he's talking about how he's an amazing painter, and he's just talking about how God gives him this gift and everything. And meanwhile, Madeline is like still pushing and is like, I can give you what you need. I can sell your art in Europe. I can sell it in New York. I have connections. Mimi Steinberg and I, we work, and he goes, Jill! Oh, Jewess, no. after she says Steinberg, hmm. he says no, and Madeline is just shocked, and she's just like, what kind of people am I around? Yeah. And the guy who he has been talking to, who's in New York, who he's like, I'm going with New York, I'm going with Mark Lane, she looks at him and she goes, Mark Lane is Jewish. And that, like, brings him back down to earth. And he's, like, stunned, and he just doesn't doesn't understand it. And he's like, all right, you can be my representative. Because I know that in your heart, you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you will be with me in heaven with God when all of my paintings are realized. You'll be the one standing next to me in the angels. My and you're goodness. just like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> and also, like... This is what you worked so hard for? Like, this is the kind of person you right. want to be working with? And he says to her, All right, I want a fruit basket. You can be my representative, but you gotta give me a fruit basket. And she's like, That's all you want? He says, With lots of navel oranges. Okay. <laughs> That's like, I mean, I guess it's kind of like a classy gift that you give people. Like, And in he's like impressed by her, yeah, that she could get him that. Now that Madeline has got what she's wanted, uh, we are back at the hospital and the mom is riding the elevator. It's this really awesome shot of it just kind of like, it's the elevator, but then it pans to the parking garage where she is going to be stepping out. And in the parking garage is Johnny, and he is there with his dad. 
And Peg steps out and she says, George is staying. And then there's a phone call. Madeline picks up her cell phone and she is like, we got him. We got him. All he wanted was a fruit basket. Can you believe it, George? Like, I got him. I got David Wark. And George says, we lost him. No! I knew that was coming. No. And it was a son. And he says, it just came too fast. And Madeline says, I have to come. And George says, you could have. Oof. And she says, can you come and get me? I'm, she's like stuck out in the middle of nowhere. And he says, no, I'm going to stay with Ashley. The phone call ends with Madeline like leaning over hunched and she's bending down on this lawn crying. Oh. And it is such a turn. George says to her when he's on the phone with her, we lost him, meaning the baby. But earlier, like two scenes ago, she says to George, we lost him about right. David Wark. Well, right. And it's just this mm. parallel is just like, well, and... She's so happy about something that really doesn't matter. Exactly. About something that's not worth fighting for. Right. Yeah. But I will say, though, it's not fair to say you could have come. Because sure. the assumption is that that baby will be there in however long it takes me to get there. Yeah. You but know. it is it is ju- it is setting up the fact that George no matter what will be there for his family. Yeah. Which that's great. Yeah. But I'm just saying like the guilt of that line of you could have like I didn't know that was going to happen. That's yeah. not fair. Now we get this scene and it's the best scene in the movie. It is what got her her Oscar nomination. I'm ready. Sure. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's George and Ashley and Ashley's in the bed and she's saying to him, "It's so funny to me. You are gone all the time except for when I need you." Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? By the way, is Madeline okay? Oh. And that's all she cares about. She just wants for everything to be okay. Ashley does. And she just immediately, before you can even say, like, is Madeline okay? She's like, is she too old to have kids? (laughs) She just, like, is always thinking about just what she wants and then giving it to other people. Mm -hmm. Because Ashley wanted kids so bad. And she says this, and she says, can she have kids? And he says, I don't know. And she says, well, you better talk about that. If you want your relationship to work out, you gotta talk. And then she starts to transition, and she says, it wasn't even that scary, giving birth. It wasn't that scary. I thought it was gonna be scary. The scariest thing, actually, is Johnny. Mm -hmm. And you think that we're gonna get this, like, really superficial conversation about, like, how, like, this woman just lost so much, but now all she cares about is, like, her high school sweetheart and making him happy. But instead, she just gets this look on her face and says, he didn't say anything, and I don't think he even really wanted a baby. You know how I know he didn't want a baby is he asked for the cradle to be brown. You know, he d- it's like he didn't even think about if it was going to be a boy or a girl, and then she is- starts breaking down in just the most awful way. Like, it is on a dime, it is so fast, and she just says, you wouldn't put a girl in a brown cradle and is sobbing. And it's devastating, and it's just, you're just watching and you're seeing how much you've grown to love this character and how fast it can shift and just how how strong her acting is. And what's really sad, too, is through her sobs, she just yells, I don't know what he's thinking. And then it gets even more, and she says, it's not my fault, it's not my fault. And all that time and all that work I did, and it's just for nothing, and I don't even know it was for, it's for nothing, and now it's gone, and I don't know why God would do this. I don't know why this would happen to me. And she calms down and immediately looks really embarrassed. She says, this really makes you think, you know? And you know what? I'm craving some nuts. (laughs) And he starts laughing, and she's like, what? And she starts laughing really hard, and she's like, they won't give me any, and I'm hungry, and they won't give me any nuts. (laughs) 
And it's really sweet. And it's just, it's all about the range. She has it. And George is like, I will get you some. And she just says, will you? And it's really cute. And she grabs his hand and she's like, you always know what I need. And then she says the F word and she like yells it. And she's like, you know, all the time, you know. And all I want is for Johnny to love me like he did in high school. And it's back to crying again. And it's just immediately. And she says to him, you held him, didn't you? And she, he says, yes. And she says, oh, he was beautiful. And she says, he was perfect. And George says, yeah, he was. And she just says, he was blue. Mm. And it's just, I know you said that you were scared this movie was going to get cliche, but it's not. It's not cliche. It's really just no, like. No, it's really dark. And, and like, it's real, though. Yeah. yeah. And she asks George if he's going to come to the service for the baby. Before he can even answer, she just says, I know you have stuff to do. I know you have places to be. But you'll be there in spirit. And so she's just so understanding. And I don't think I can, like, name a better character than this woman. Aww. She's just so cute. And she says, you made me feel better at this time. You made me feel better even when you don't do anything. I'm so happy that you're my family. I love you. And it's just, it's just so great. And it's this wonderful parallel of what it means to, like, be in-laws with somebody. Because Ashley and George just have this perfect moment. They have this whole scene. And we see that. But then we see, like, what Madeline... And Johnny's relationship is like, or Madeline and Peg, and it's just like, it's just so very interesting to me. So, next we see Madeline in the car with the artist and his sister, because she mm. got the sister out of bed in the middle of the night to drive her home. Oh and she goodness. says to the sister, thank you for driving me. And so Madeline is just all business and trying to get out of the car, and the sister grabs her hand, and the sister is sobbing, and is just crying, and she says, I'm so sorry for your family's loss. Oh. And it's just, like, this tight-knit community. It's very small, and so everybody kind of already knows everything, and they they really take into that into consideration, that, like, this family just lost their grandchild yeah. or their son, and... And she said, your family. Your family, and Madeline's just kind of like, oh my gosh. Can you yeah. imagine going to meet your in-laws for the first time, and then being there to experience somebody's no. miscarriage? <laughs> I who can't. you just met that weekend, yeah. but they're your family now? Oh, yeah. it's awful. There's these shots now of nighttime and what everyone in the family is doing. The dad is woodworking down in his garage. The mom is in bed crying, and then it's those shots of the trees, the same shot from the beginning in the darkness. Johnny is working on his car in the garage when George comes home, and the two of them kind of look at each other, and Johnny says something stupid about the car, and then chucks the wrench right in George's face, Ugh. and just hits him, and George is bleeding, and George just has to walk away, oh and gosh. it's... It's just like this man does not know how to deal with anything. Yeah. He just doesn't. And and even George does because George is willing to walk away from this right. moment. He's like, all right, I'm not going to fight you. Yeah, like I <laughs> guess I guess on the day that my brother loses his right. son, I, he can throw a wrench in my face. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he goes back inside and he gets on the ear mattress with Madeline and she apologizes for missing it and for everything. And he simply just states, we're going home tomorrow. And she says, but I didn't get to see Ashley. And he says, we're going. She tries to make up and, like, starts kissing him and even, like, kissing down to his stomach. But then it fades out, so we don't really know what happens. Oh. The next morning, Mama Peg and Madeline are making sandwiches for their drive. And Peg says, mayo? <laughs> <laughs> and Madeline goes, no. No, never. Like, yuck, mayonnaise. I hate mayonnaise. And she says, does George eat mayonnaise? And Peg says, <laughs> oh. not a fucking mayonnaise scene. Peg says, he'd eat it with a spoon. Oh my goodness. And Madeline is like, <laughs> So it's just like she's 
it's like this nice moment of the two women that who, who have been at odds, kind of. Not yeah. through Madeline's fault, but they have this moment where it's they're talking, and Madeline goes to say, tell Ashley that, and Peg interrupts her and says she'll be okay. She's a firecracker. And then kind of extends this olive branch of saying, do you guys play car games when you drive? Madeline's like, what's a car game? Because she's, like, really ritzy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she starts, she starts explaining to her a car game. Do you mean limo games? <laughs> uh... George and his mom smoke together as they're, like, all getting ready to leave. And he says, don't tell Madeline. And the mom says, do you think she'll stay around? And George says, I guess so. Like, she'll find my faults soon enough. And the mom says, there is nothing wrong with you, George. Not a thing. And then there's these lovely panning shots of different moments of the kitchen, like I said earlier, of the house. And as the two of them are loading up the car and stuff, Peg is sitting down at the table and she's crying. And the dad is down in the basement or workshop or wherever working on that bird that he was carving again. Mm. And he goes upstairs into the guest room where Madeline is getting her stuff, and you think he's going to give her this bird, and the last minute he changes his mind and puts it in his back pocket. She says to him, she didn't see that at all, but she's just making conversation, and she says, I never saw any of your woodworking. And he says to her, next time. Johnny then is downstairs, and Johnny is calling Ashley, while the mom and the dad are waving goodbye to a car that is just driving off. And the dad gives the mom the bird as they're, like, waving goodbye. He's like, I made this for you. <laughs> and she's like, oh, a bird. I, you've given me so many birds. I love this one, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really sweet because you think the whole time it's for Madeline. And then Amy pointed out in the commentary, all he ever said was, I'm going to make her a bird. And we don't know who the her is. Oh. Like, all this time it could have been for Ashley. It could have been for the mom. It could have been for Madeline. And maybe all along it was for the mom. After they've driven away, we see Johnny still on the phone, and he is trying his best, and he says, I know you're sad, and so we know he's talking to Ashley. It's okay, though, I'm here, and maybe, you know, soon we can try again. And on the other end of the phone, you hear Ashley screaming. <laughs> She's like, yes! Aww. Oh my gosh, really? And it's it's so cute, and it's very subtle. It's not annoying, and it's not over yeah. the top. It's, it's great. George and Madeline are now in the car, and this is really interesting because I guess there were alternate takes for this. Uh, I don't know how I feel about George's last line, but George says, I'm so glad to be out of there. (laughs) And I'm like, are you really, though? Yeah. For a second, she's just silent, and you think that's the way it's going to be, is that, like, they're never going to truly know each other. But then I guess it just goes back to they are away from there, and so it goes to what they've always done, and she just puts her hand around his neck and starts touching his neck. Interesting. And that's the end of the movie. And I'm really wondering, like, what does it all mean? (laughs) Do they say anything in the commentary? About in the, the commentary, tapes? apparently they did takes where it ended with um, they're in the car and they're driving away and Madeline to kind of appeal to George and do something that he might be familiar with. She just names one of the presidents and then waits for him and he names one of the presidents because it's a, a car, car game. game. And I like that ending. Yeah, it's a good ending. And then I like this ending, too, if they're just going to drive away and she's just going to touch him and he's going to be okay with that. But him saying, I'm so glad to be out of there, I don't buy because I don't believe him and she must not either. And Johnny and Ashley, their communication is not fixed, but we're left with this little button of like, sure it is. He's ready to have a kid again, but it's not fixed. But that's why it's slice of life, baby. Yeah. Some fun facts, just a couple. Uh, This was Amy Adams' first Oscar nomination, and also the last time she was ever the only person nominated from her film. Because, like, Doubt, there were multiple nominations, American Hustle, Fighter, etc. So, like, this was the... 
She was not. She wasn't nominated for a rival, Kimmy. <laughs> oh my, oh my god. <laughs> Kimmy, could you ask a dumber question? Wow. Could you offend me more I'm in sorry. my own home on my own day of explaining? <laughs> anyway, that really slipped my mind. I'm sorry. That's the only time she's been the sole nominee. <laughs> she also won um, one of the grand like special jury prizes at Sundance for this. Amy Adams auditioned for this, and it's on YouTube, and it's beautiful, and it's everything you could ever want, and it just shows what kind of amazing person she is. I have and seen it. And it's so good. You've seen it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna watch that I right cried now. when I watched it. Oh. She's so cute. It's She's so, so cute. cute. And she takes notes, and it's just, like, it's great. Um, it's a long one, too. It's long. And, and that's not even all of it, because she also did the hospital scenes oh. there, too. And I just think this is really cute, and also, like, encouraging, as we are all actors, she, so it was like, she hasn't really been in anything, and she's like, yeah, I was really bummed because I had to audition for this on a Saturday, and I was like, there goes my whole Saturday! <laughs> <laughs> because it was apparently at 6 o'clock at night, and she's like, yeah, I just remember being really mad that I had to sit there and be nervous the whole day and oh, prep yeah. the whole day. Oh, no, totally. Mm -hmm. Yep. She also said something really sweet that she says, but I love auditions. Our ad auditions are a gift because it's the only time you may get to play a character, so you just... Might not get that chance to do it again, so you really gotta go for it. That's good advice. That is yeah. good advice. Are you ready to rate this, baby? I'm yeah. ready. Three, two, one. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm high. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Like, as in lit. No. <laughs> high on Amy Adams' many Oscar wins. <laughs> Uh, I gave it a 9. I, I gave it an 8. I gave it a 7.5. Let me hear from you, too, who have not seen it. I'll go first, because mine's slightly lower. I think I'm going to enjoy this movie. But I'm not sure what it's going to feel like watching it. Because as I was thinking about my rating, I started to think, well, if you were explaining Lady Bird to me, maybe I wouldn't mm. think it was, uh, you know, a 10 or whatever. Because it's more something you have to feel and witness and, I don't know, experience. So so maybe this would go up after watching it. I think, though, another worry of mine is that it'll have the Jolene effect. Mm. Where Amy really steals the show, but maybe other parts of the movie don't, don't quite match up to how amazing she is. Especially with you saying she was like the sole nom in a bunch of these yeah. awards. And because it's slice of life, you know, sometimes there's not a ton to go off of. Yeah. Uh, but I think I would still enjoy it. Okay, I gave it an eight. I was gonna give it a nine, but um, I was like highly dissatisfied with that ending scene. Oh. And I wonder if it'll be different watching it. But like, like you said, I, I that line just feels like really and it, I, unfair. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. It's something. I don't know if it's something you would, like, totally pick up on. You might just be yeah. like, oh, that's a line, but instead yeah. we're discussing it. Right. But the the car game, that just really warped yeah. my view, too, because that's a great ending. Yeah. I think that I'm really going to enjoy this movie. I love those kind of, like, feels, like, the, the feeling of that movie and, then, like, the, the town and, like, the kind of everybody knows everybody kind of attitude. Uh, like, the level of contentedness of the characters is so... Yeah. low because of where they come from and that makes things all the more brighter and exciting right. also i don't know if this is a huge turn off but i'm not super down for the whole like 
woman who's into her career doesn't understand the values of life situation. But this is an older movie. Mm-hmm. So she I doesn't can't really... come across that way either. She just loves no. her job and loves her sexy husband and that's it. <laughs> no, that's great. I love that. But I don't like that she's being... She did miss out on like a really important like life moment. But I think that she's like chastised but for caring about her job. But did she know those people at all? Oh, she's chastised for it. That's fine. Yeah. But otherwise, you, don't be mad at the character for that. You don't know. No, not the character. Yeah. No, that's not what I was saying. Okay. No, not the character, but the, the premise of the, of the film. Like, yeah. you know. But, um, like I said, it's an older movie, and, like, themes like that weren't debated, really, like they are nowadays, so I'll, you know, forgive it that a little bit, and that's why I, I gave it an 8. Okay. I gave it a 9, because it's not perfect in my eyes, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I don't, like, have super big qualifications for why it's a 9, I just know that it's not a 10 in my book, mm-hmm. um, but I think I have seen it, like, six times. <laughs> I watched it twice this week, once with the commentary, I'd already seen it with the commentary, and it's definitely one of those movies that I would like to show to people, mm. um, because for acting, it's it's brilliant, and for the rest of it, like, it's not something we get a glimpse into that often. It's it's not like one of the, it, it, even like you trying to guess it, you're like, it's probably Alabama, and it's like, I don't really know many stories that take place in North Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One Tree Hill. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, too, because, like, this is what North Carolina actually looks like. (laughs) One Tree Hill looks like L.A. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember being 16 and being like, gosh, someday I'll go to Wilmington, North Carolina. And now I'm like, my parents were right to look at me like I was stupid when I was (laughs) They're like, you're going to look at one red door and come home. (laughs) And I'll be like, I'm forever changed. (laughs) Okay, and now on to our watch list ads and recommendations. To close this week. Here are my watch list ads. The first one. Oh my god. Can of ten. <laughs> I only have two, y'all. Okay. <laughs> the first one is The Savages. I don't know if you guys know what that is. I think you brought it up once and I thought you were talking about the Blake Lively one. You know what? <laughs> this was like last week. Did I recommend, did I put it on my watch list not. last week? You did not. We just talked about it it's, off air. It's Philip <laughs> and Seymour. And Kayleen went, Blake Lively. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman and your fave, Laura Linney. Yeah, and I would die for Laura Linney. <laughs> I hope that listeners get that joke. Know, it's, it's an a, old it's, podcast it's joke. A, it's the heart of this podcast, really. <laughs> Um, it's Hit our friendship. <laughs> they're siblings, like estranged siblings who have to come together because their father refuses to go to hospice or something. Oh. And I would also like to add, which it's very, very far in advance, but I just saw the trailer for it the other day, and oh. I was like, it's about time a film like this came out. Oh. Did anybody see the trailer for Promising Young Woman? Fuck you! Can you not? Oh. <laughs> Courtney! No, I have no idea what that is. What is it? Tell Kimmy! Me. <laughs> Okay, it's a, it's a, I'm sorry. So angry. It is a film produced by Lucky Chap Entertainment, which is Margot Robbie's company. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> which she has, um, she's partnered with um, another woman. They've um, collected like six female writers. Okay, yes, you guys mentioned this yeah. to me. Six female writers to write and produce action films because mm. it's, it's a genre that not a lot of women write for or, gotcha. or are recognized for, and that's their champion. Uh-huh. And Promising Young Woman is one of the first movies coming out of Lucky Chap Entertainment, and it's starring Carrie Mulligan 
And it's a woman who gets revenge on men in bars who take advantage of her for being too drunk. Ooh. Which is just the plot of Sweet Vicious, but whatever. <laughs> she, <laughs> like, pretends to be super plot. drunk and, like, gets people to take her home and then she... Uh, again, she Ophelia did that on them. Sweet Vicious. <laughs> I was going to say, kind of like Thelma Louise, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I remembered it at the beginning of this episode because you said something about Adam Brody. And I was saving that for my record. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Brody is in it. That's cool. Um, yeah, I just and I just think that that title is smoking. And Bo Burnham. Yes, Bo Burnham Ooh, is in it. Spicy. McLovin is in it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Very down for that. Um, my recommendation is uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. You haven't? Uh-uh. Ugh! It's like one of those movies that I don't know if it's like an incredibly good movie okay. is it Ryan Gosling it's not it's someone who's not really in movies anymore that's what I thought okay no. it was either Ryan Gosling or nobody <laughs> <laughs> there's this thing it's not a spoiler um but at the beginning of the movie with Dakota Dakota Fanning plays young Reese Witherspoon oh. and she's in a rainy cornfield or something like that a wheat field with this childhood crush and she says, what do you want to marry me for anyway? And he says, so I can kiss you anytime right, I want. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's just, that's a fucking six with people, you know? Yeah, that's a lot. And it's it's cute, too, because they're standing in a spot where lightning struck. Yeah. Because they, like, both are hiding in it because lightning won't strike Aww. in the same place. It's cute. It's a good one. That is cute. That's all, guys. So, on my watch list, I think I'm just going to pick this one, even though I'm going to get some backlash from one or both of you, but I like in the heights and the trailer just dropped today and oh. that's very cool and i'm excited to see that as a movie <laughs> courtney is making a courtney's a hamilton face. and has disdain for in the heights but i love in the heights i've loved it since high school oh, i didn't know you loved it i don't really yeah. know anything about in the heights well so. it's dope he was like the first big person to be like i'm gonna do this but rap Instead. Yeah, rap and musicals. It's like, yeah, like, pretty much all rap, and mm-hmm. it's awesome. And then the Hamilton happened, and everyone was like, oh, rap musical. Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be good. I, I'm not sure, but it's just, you know, it's cool when you, you're so used to a soundtrack to get to see it live action. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun to go watch. I have several I could add to my recommendations. They're all a little different from each other, but I'm going to go with Lady Bird because... I don't know, we mentioned it a lot in this episode, and I can't help but think of it when thinking of movies like this, and it was one of my, it was the movie I wanted to win Best Picture that year, obviously it didn't, but it is very near and dear to my heart, and everybody should go see it, it's beautiful and amazing. Uh, I'm adding to my watch list, the movie Ghost World, with Scarlett Johansson as a child, and Thora Birch. As a child, they're like those teen girls who oh. look like cool, like oh, oh, gamer from the, girl from the comic. Yeah, yeah, I read the comic. I read that so, in, in college. Did you really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, we've never talked about it. Uh, oh, I had to read it for an assignment. Really? That's so cool. Okay, uh, yeah. You want to watch the movie? With me? Sure. Well, there we go. That's my watch list. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, my recommendation for the week. You saw it coming. You see it all around you. Uh, it's sharp objects. Cool. Ah, because it's, as Kayleen pointed out, a film about going home. It is Amy Adams. It's just, the, as a miniseries, as a book adaptation, as anything, it's perfect and amazing. I highly recommend you read Gillian Flynn's novel and then watch it, mm-hmm. or watch it and then read Gillian Flynn's novel. That's how I or did it. read, watch, read, watch, 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 <laughs> watch, read. <laughs> as I think I did. <laughs> so, love it. And that's my recommendation. Awesome. 
Guys, yeah. is this the last episode before we do the wrap up? You bet. Oh Woo! my god. Of of 2019, the year of the pod. The year of the pod. The year of the oh pod. All right, catch us next week where we wrap up this round and it will be our last episode of 2019. Woo! Catch Woo! us then. Bye.